0: welcome to the city church cardiff podcast we're an Elim pentecostal church in the center of cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of jesus thank you for joining us today we hope you're inspired and impacted by this message
1: It's a joy to be with you in beautiful Wales. Wales has a special affection in our hearts because we're Kiwis. And something about New Zealand and the Welsh, uh, I said it was the land, but it could be the rugby. I'm not sure what it is, but we we love Wales. And... uh, you are welcome. How many would love to visit New Zealand? Just see, give me a wave. Just see Pastor Dominic. He'll pay your airfares uh, at some point. I'm sure he'll help you out. Uh, and but Pastors Dominic and Catherine, thank you for the invitation. It's a joy to be with you. And thank you for opening the door again to come and minister in, in beautiful Cardiff. And uh, we just—it's you know, just such a joy to be here. And uh, Greta and I have a prophetic message uh, to share with you this morning. Uh, it's just something we believe God's laid on our heart for this current season. So uh, Greta's going to share first. I'll, I will return. Over to right. you.
0: Uh It is just wonderful to be back. You know, that uh, as we were singing that praise song and dancing with the children, it really was dancing for joy to just be back in in this very special nation. And I really do believe that God's eye is on Wales. You know, several years ago when we were here, um, I shared how I've had visions of um, fires of revival Bursting out across Wales and, and other nations as well. But Wales is the only nation. I then saw this massive wind go whoosh. And I just saw the whole nation like just a blaze of fire. Fire on fire for Jesus. And it's really interesting as we were, um, we were driving over the border into Wales on, um, on Thursday, to speak at the regional pastors meeting, um, I shared with them how I sensed that um, there was just, God was wanting to open an open heaven over the entire nation. You know, God is wanting us to have open heaven over our own lives and over us, our churches, where the um, the things of of God, because God is saying, you know, to pray, God, Your will be done, Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There are miracles, there are there are signs and wonders, there are healings, there are salvations that God wants to release, and it happens easily through an op- when we live in an under an open heaven, and I believe that that is God's heart for this whole nation. Just like in New Zealand, we have a big ozone layer over our entire nation. That is what I saw, this picture in the spirit realm of a, of a big open heaven over the entire nation of Wales. And we need to pray that into being. But as we came into this, this new year of 2022, I, I felt this word uncertainty just over the world out there. And although the uncertainty continues in the world, I've had this strong sense of anticipation in my spirit about what God is going to do. He has, he has wonderful things in store for us. He really does. And these are the most difficult days that lie ahead for us. But they are also the greatest days for the church that we are coming into. And we need to know that. And God wants us ready and prepared One of the things I feel God's saying for 2022 is this. Awaken the dawn of a new day. And there's a word that is threaded throughout this like a theme. And it is the word joy. Joy. God just was speaking it from so many scriptures. I just kept coming across joy, joy, joy. And Jesus said, I've come that your joy might be full. This is what, this is his will for us. And remember, we belong to the kingdom of God. One of its characteristics is joy in the Holy Spirit, regardless of the state of the world. And some of you here today and some of you listening online, it's like the devil has stolen your joy. You've lost your joy through through many for many different reasons. But God's heart to you today is to restore the joy of your salvation. And I would like to just pray, if that is you right now, let's just all close our eyes. Holy Spirit, would you come now to every heart that is feeling sad and joyless and I just release a fresh impartation of the joy of the Lord and I bless you with his joy that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Just receive his gift of joy to you now at home, here in church. Amen. And as you make the choice to rejoice in spite of your circumstances god will keep filling you with his joy in the days ahead god is going to manifest him as the god himself as the god of light among other things light brings life when god's light shines in our hearts we receive true life and jesus said in john 10:10 i have come that you may have life in all its fullness And there are those of you here where the devil has tried to steal, kill and destroy. But I feel that God is making a declaration over your life that everything you have lost, you will recover all. Just like David at Ziglag, what has been damaged, God will restore all, restore and more, double for your trouble. That's what his word says And what has died, some of you feel your hopes, your dreams for the future has died. They would let them be resurrected now in the name of Jesus. And I decree life, life in all its fullness. You at home receive his fullness of life. This is God's heart for us that we live in the abundance of life that Jesus came for us to experience. God of light, the number 22 symbolizes light, and I feel in 22 and beyond, there'll be an increasing revelation of light, and these verses are relevant for our present time, even though they were prophesied long ago, Isaiah said, on those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned, Just before Jesus' birth, Zechariah prophesied, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. There is so much darkness out there. We are in a land of darkness because people are lost because they don't know Jesus. And I love this one. As he held baby Jesus in his arms in the temple, Simeon prophesied, Sovereign Lord, I have seen your salvation which you prepared for all people. He literally saw the salvation of the world in his arms as a baby. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. The revelation of light is for the salvation of the nations. And Jesus is the light of the world and God passionately wants the world to know. And that's why he's urging us his sons and daughters, his church, his beautiful bride, awaken the dawn of a new day. And he's given us powerful keys to do this. And I found that when in the first service, as I started to say it, the same thing happened when, when I was writing these down back home, these, these keys that came, that my hand was covered in oil, and it's just simply a sign of the Spirit's anointing on these words, affirming this is what God is really saying to us. And the first key is worship. Worship. Holy Spirit strongly highlighted these extracts from the Psalms. Psalm 100 came many times. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. That theme is found throughout the scriptures. And here's the reason why Psalm 89, those who know the joyful sound, who know the call to worship, walk in the light of God's presence. How precious it is to live in his light, to walk in his light. The Bible calls us children of light. And especially important is Psalm 108 coming up on the screen. I will sing and make music with all my heart and soul. I will awaken the dawn. Isn't that amazing? My worship awakens the dawn. That is the power of your worship and my worship. And and there's a call now of the Holy Spirit across the earth. to to a new level of radical worship of Jesus. Sing over your situation. Sing over this nation. Um, Sing over the nations that God places in your heart. And what you will find is your worship. It brings down strongholds. Worship will shift atmospheres. There is incredible power in our worship Second key, the word of God. Feed in it and declare it. Psalm 19 says, God's word revives my soul. In other words, it awakens it. It makes it fully alive. God's word brings joy to the heart. There's the joy theme again. And light to the eyes. I.e., it gives revelation. And I pray Ephesians 1.18 over all of us. May your hearts be flooded with light that you will understand the confident hope he has given you. Light brings hope. And some of you listening today at home and some of you here, your heart needs to have hope awakened again. Let hope rise up in your hearts. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you will overflow with hope By the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants this to happen. So that we can be carriers of hope to others out there. I strongly feel God is calling his people to action. In Isaiah 60. Right now. He's been urging us. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises on you. In 1 Peter he writes in his, in his letter, he says, The Spirit of God and of glory rests on you. This is what we carry. We carry the Spirit of glory. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God is wanting his church everywhere to shine with such a radiance that the, the kings of the earth, the leaders, in society, will be drawn to the brightness of our light and dawn, seeking answers, seeking heaven's wisdom. And you and I, we are carriers of the light. We are carriers of the dawn. Wherever life takes us in our daily lives. You know, re- recently, just before we, we flew over to, to the UK, we were heading into autumn in New Zealand, and so going for an early morning run, it was, it was pretty dark still and I ran up a a route I frequently have but then I had an unusual experience that really caught my attention. On either side of this road there was this cacophony of roosters all crowing in unison together. Um, It it was remarkable and it's interesting how God can speak through, through roosters as well. The thing about roosters, they herald the dawn of a new day. And what I felt God's saying to us is, herald the dawn of a new day to those who sit in darkness, of fear, of hopelessness, of deception. People are blinded by such deception out there. And you have good news to share. You you can be a witness for Jesus. You can testify of, of the gospel of good news, of hope for their future. And here's a final, most potent key that I share. Awaken the dawn of a new day for the world. Pray. This is something that God has been speaking, I feel, almost megaphoning so strongly through, through different prophetic words. God is calling us to pray at a new level, to birth into being his purposes on the earth. Because um, he intends a great awakening in the nations. And prayer is the thing that will usher it in. And he's so gracious. He sends visions, he sends dreams to encourage us to keep praying. And it's in September last year, I, I had one of those dreams. And in this dream, I again, I saw the the church birthing revival in prayer. This is how it is going to happen. Every prayer is the precursor of all things. And w- there were many different, many specific details, but one of the main take-home messages out of this dream is that there will be the dawn of a new day for sleeping Christians who will wake up. God is saying, awake, awake, O sleeper, wake up, Rise up, take your place, take your stand. God is is wanting to raise up a global army of mighty prayer warriors and warrior harvesters, young people. He's calling you. God's off to new recruits. There's going to be a whole new wave of missions. You've got a mission field right on your doorstep. It might be the people in your street, and there'll be others of you. You'll be called to the nations. And he's just looking for willing people. He'll, just like Isaiah. When he encountered God. He, and, and then he heard the Lord say. Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And he said. Here am I Lord. Send me. And And God will fully equip you. And empower you. And to be highly effective. And bring great fruit. And a wonderful harvest. So. There will be a dawn of this brand new day for unprecedented multitudes who will be born again to. That came out of the dream. So keep praying that in his great mercy and might, God will pour out his spirit on all people across the world. Keep praying that the morning light from heaven... Well, it's about to break upon us with a fresh visitation of Jesus. This nation, our own nation, the nations of the world, we desperately need a fresh visitation of Jesus. So in closing, even though it looks dark out there, there is hope on the horizon. And it's like the rising sun. I see it rising up and people will see it and turn To hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. And you and I are carriers of his mercy, might, and light. So will you respond to the challenge what he's calling us to do? Wake awaken the dawn of a new day.
1: Thank you, sweetheart. I think there's a clear call of the Holy Spirit on the church. Uh, for greater levels of prayer and mission and two spiritual fires that God is wanting to release across the earth is the spirit of mission which is not just going to another nation but going across the street or the, the you know the, the, the shop floor or the school classroom uh, and also a fire of prayer because prayer and mission go hand in hand and so um, we have a, uh, I have a new book out called How to Pray and Change Your World in response to this call we feel the Holy Spirit's making on the church. And um, uh, I think there's something on this book. Our proofreader was in tears reading it. So uh, I, I just feel like it's not me. It's like God has got something on this topic of prayer. And, um, and I wanted to write a book that didn't make you feel guilty. I kind of read a few books on prayer. It just made me feel guilty, like oh, I wasn't measuring up. And, and so I wanted to write something. that Give me a little less volume, guys. And I don't know why I'm getting feedback, but a little less volume would be really good. I'm very loud in my own ears, so I don't want that to be for you too. Um, I wanted to write something that's more of a coaching tool that would coach you to uh, a greater level of prayer wherever you're at. If you're a prayer warrior well on the way, that you could take another step. But look, honestly, if your prayer life is at a zero almost that you could take a step up. And I talk about the pattern of prayer that Jesus revealed that we often don't understand and uh, just a whole lot of things like about prayer that opens heaven and and a lot of tools that would really help us be effective in prayer. So the feedback we're getting and people are saying, this is helping my prayer life. So uh, please, they're available in the foyer. Uh, They're priced cheaply, so do grab one. Uh, because I'm sure we all want to see our world changed, amen. So Pastor Dominic and Catherine, I'd love to pass that on to you and uh, be, and be blessed. Um, Greta and I, uh, when we, you know, get towards the end of one year, we begin to ask the Lord what, a, what his theme might be for the coming year. And uh, so we, we ask the Lord and then we start getting stuff and we craft it into a message and, and when we do that, Greta and I don't share with each other what we're getting until we release it publicly because I implicitly trust her um, and, and her beautiful heart. And so I didn't know what Greta was carrying till we first released this. And so what she's carrying, what she shared with you this morning, the theme would be Awaken the Dawn. And then what God shared with me, coming up on the screen, there it is, Dawn is Coming. And so those two things began to dovetail together and I, I think you'll agree um, that it's been a long night these past few years. It's been a long night. Oh, by the way, tonight, five o'clock, we're going to talk about thirsting for the supernatural. Uh, we're going to bring Pentecost Sunday a week earlier uh, to Cardiff City Church. <laughs> we, we believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch people tonight. So just, you know, be great to see if you can make it. But it's been a long night these past few years. It's been tough on people, on churches, on leaders, on everybody, really. And if you want to know where COVID came from, there's various theories around that, but the ultimate source is what Jesus described in John 10. 10. He says, you know, the thief, meaning the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And, and so, you know, you, you need to know God did not send COVID. That's from the pit of hell. That's from the devil. Now, God will work good in any situation. He always brings good. But just because God works good in a situation doesn't mean he sent it. We have to be very clear on that. But God will use it to awaken a lost world. But, you know, it's been tough, uh, including on the church. Millions have died. Maybe some here. You've even lost loved ones. I'm not sure. You know people that have. Millions have been robbed of peace, their freedom, their freedom. Being with family and friends, people have been divided. Uh, Plans have been wrecked. Others have seen their livelihoods destroyed. Churches have been shuttered and some have closed. Now there's war in Europe that's wreaking complete destruction uh, in parts of the Ukraine. Um, the, The shootings in the US, it's just been a long night and it seems like it's just going on and on and on. Well, Isaiah prophesied, as Greta shared, that One of the signs of the last days is gross darkness. I've come all the way from New Zealand to cheer you up with that message. I hope you're feeling, you know, encouraged and edified right now. (laughs) But here's the but. Might have been a long night. But the good news is, Psalm 30 verse 5, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Come on. Joy comes with the morning. There's a morning coming. And I think it's begun to break already, in fact. Dawn is coming into this situation. And, you know, while weeping may be the characteristic of the night we've gone through and the world is going through, joy is the characteristic when God begins to birth a new day in his church so that the world can be blessed. The characteristic is joy. And, by the way, Bible commentators say David wrote that after a plague had been sweeping through Israel. It had killed tens of thousands. It was about to hit Jerusalem. He goes up on a hill where the temple would later be built, repent, seeks God, ask God for mercy, and God stopped the plague at the, at the edge of Jerusalem. And as a response later on, he writes Psalm 30, weeping may last for the night because he'd seen tens of thousands of Israelis killed in a pestilence. And then he says, but joy comes with the morning. Quite applicable. So as I was asking the Lord last December for a a word for the coming year, And sometimes God will speak in a vision or a dream or an impression, but this time he just spoke to me uh, via a scripture that I'd memorized some 20 years before, but it came so strongly, uh, I took note and I felt the Lord was saying something through it. Proverbs 4.18 is the scripture, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. I felt like God was saying, I want my people to know that truth for 2022 and beyond. I don't want my people living in night perpetually, living in darkness of circumstances perpetually. I want them to know that they can step into a dawn. And once they're in dawn, if they keep walking by faith, it's just going to get brighter and brighter for them. The world might be getting darker and darker, but the church is meant to get brighter and brighter as long as we stay in love with Jesus. See, when you, when, you, when you lose your first love for Jesus, he comes and removes your lampstand. Read Revelation 2, the church at Ephesus. They were doing a whole lot of good things. But Jesus said, I have this against you. You've left your first love. If you don't repent, I'll remove your lampstand. But if you do repent, I'll let you eat from the tree of life and the paradise of my God. Listen, when you have a church lose its lampstand, it doesn't cease to exist. It ceases to shine. There's a lot of Christians that are not shining because they've lost their love for Jesus. Jesus. Oh, you might be going to church, giving, doing whatever, whatever. But religious performance is not the same as radical love for Jesus. He's bringing us back, folks bringing us back to that pure and simple devotion to Christ. And when you have that, your life just shines brighter and brighter because you're a walking lampstand. You're a walking lampstand into your workplace, into your schools, into your neighborhoods, wherever life takes you. You have a radiance of something in you because you know the one that saved you and redeemed you. Now that scripture says it's only uh, it's only applicable to the righteous. So who are the righteous? If the righteous were people that were sinless and None of us here this morning, including Greta and me, would qualify. But I've got good news. The righteous are not the perfect. The righteous are those who believe in Christ and have their sins forgiven. Have a look at Romans 4 verse 3. It says, Abraham, the father of faith, believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. We have celebrated Easter last month and we celebrate the fact that Jesus died on a cross. What did he do that for? It's because on that cross he was taking the punishment for your sin and mine on himself so that you could be set free and forgiven everybody on planet earth has sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online, we've all done wrong things. God is so holy. Those wrong things will will disqualify us from ever getting into his presence. And if we die with our sin not forgiven, then, then, then we are not allowed to enter his presence and have to spend eternity separated from God. That is such a serious thing that God said, I'm so love the world I'm going to send my son Jesus he is going to die in your place that your sin could be forgiven and as he's hanging on the cross he's shedding his blood for your sin and mine so that whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have eternal life wow and you know what happens when you believe in Jesus the Bible says in John 1:12, there's many that receive Christ and who believe in him father gives them power to become a child of God. You don't become a child of God by going to church, by doing religious stuff. You become a child of God by believing in Jesus. We go to church, we do good stuff as a result of believing in Jesus, not in order to have our sins forgiven, because nothing you and I do will be sufficient to see sin forgiven. We minimize sin, we tolerate sin. Sometimes our society celebrates sin, and sometimes our government legislates sin, but God won't tolerate one tiny sin. That's enough to stop us. Just talk to Adam and Eve. They only did one thing wrong, and they lost paradise, and they were kicked out of Eden, and a curse came upon the world because of one sin. Don't minimize your sin. In the end, your sin will find you out. In the end, our sin will destroy us unless it's forgiven and cleansed. And when you turn to Jesus, you know what Father does? He takes your sin and mine, and he puts it on Jesus on the cross. And he takes the righteous record of Jesus, and he puts it on you. And he opens up the record books in heaven, where there's record on every human being on planet Earth, everything we've done, good, bad, and ugly. And he wipes out the wrong stuff, and he wipes out the sin, and only the record of good is left. And he takes you another pen, and he writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life so that on judgment day when the books are open and he reads your life history in that book, only the good things are there and he checks the book of life and your name is there. Why? Because you're good enough, because you live perfect, because you read the Bible enough, prayed enough. No, because you believed in Jesus Christ. He is the only way that you and I will ever be righteous for God. That is your position in God, totally righteous in his sight. Now your condition's another story. Your condition may be way less than your position and the Holy Spirit all through your life is working on your condition to match it up to your position. Just because we're forgiven and declared righteous doesn't give you the right to go and sleep around with whoever you like, go and commit sin, go and do this, that and all the rest. Hey, you know, we may stumble and fall but hopefully we're gonna get up and say, God, help me overcome that sin. I wanna be righteous. I wanna be as righteous in condition as I am in position. But please know it's not your condition that saves you, it's your position. Some of you needed to know that today, that Father loves you, not because of what you do, but because you've believed in his son Jesus, and he says to you, that's enough. That's all you have to do to earn my favor and to be the recipient of my eternal love, is to believe in my son who demonstrated his love for us and that he gave his life for us. So that scripture, the path of the righteous, applies to anyone that has faith in Jesus. That's the good news. And I love the fact that it says the path of the righteous. We're on a path. We're not wandering in circles. Uh, Psalm 23, 1 and 3 says, The Lord's my shepherd. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You know, the great goal of life is that God would guide you along the pathway he planned for you, that ultimately your life will bring honor to him. Perhaps in building a great marriage, raising a family, stepping into some vocation or career, you know, in some ministry or sports field, whatever field of life God calls you in, he wants to, you to bring honor to his name in that field. It might be medicine, it might be law, it, you might be a retail assistant, helping people with retail therapy. I don't know what you want to do, but you know, whatever you do in life, it's just like, God, let me walk your path, bring honor to your name, and your great shepherd will guide you if you simply say, Lord, I want what you want for my life. Not what I want. Didn't our Savior pray that in the Garden of, uh, Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but yours be done. He, you know, he guides me. We're on a path. And then it says our path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Well, what's the light of dawn like? Well, I didn't really know this till I married Greta. Uh, my first wife, Jane, had multiple sclerosis and spent over 20 years in a wheelchair um, she had the worst form of it, and that finally, the disease finally took her, pneumonia, took her to heaven where she is now, and, um, and so when I got over the grief, when God healed me of the grief of her loss, and I started to think about remarriage, I just prayed a simple prayer. I said, Lord, it'd be really nice to have a wife that's healthy and fit. Well, when I met Greta, she's right into health and fitness, and uh uh, and then when we married, I was shocked to discover that she would get up at 5 a.m. every day. And every second day, that would be to go and go for a run. Like, I was an early riser, but 5 a.m.? You're kidding. And then I read these quips about uh, rising, which I totally agreed with. One person said, an alarm clock is a mechanism to use to scare the daylights into you. Um, someone else said, anyone who sleeps like a baby doesn't have one. And... Uh, And then this person said there ought to be a better way of starting the day than having to get up. So I was kind of identifying with that at the 5 a.m. call. But you know what happened over time? Greta converted me. I now love 5 a.m. starts, they're awesome. And, you know, every second day we go exercising. I'm not as athletic as Greta, so I walk, she runs, but it's a great time, you know, to walk. And why are you laughing? You're hurting my feelings. (laughs) Do I look unathletic, do I? (laughs) Uh, uh, So it's a great time to be out there. There's hardly anyone out there. But you know the thing at certain times in the year, like spring and summer, it's like 5 a.m. is around dawn time. And the thing we notice is, especially around spring and stuff like that, early summer, the birds are going crazy with song. You know, the thrushes and the blackbirds and... And the doves and even the sparrows are chirping away. And we have a beautiful bird in New Zealand called a tui, and it's just as melodious. Its song is incredible. And, and so we notice that, you know, around the time of dawn, dawn awakens song in the bird realm. But do you know what? In the spirit realm, it's the reverse. Song awakens dawn. Greta shared a scripture. Interestingly, I had another scripture saying the same thing. It's coming up on the screen. Psalm 57 verse 8. David says, wake up my heart. Wake up musical instruments. I will awaken the dawn with my song. Wow. Do you know when he wrote that? He was trapped in a cave, locked down, because Saul was trying to take his life. And that's what he wrote. I will awaken the dawn. I might be in a dark cave, he said. And you know what it's like in caves, dark and damp and horrible, and you got uh, Saul with 3,000 soldiers out to kill you and he wrote, I'm going to waken the dawn with my song. There is a new day coming for me. My God's called me to be king of Israel. He's in control of my life, so I'm going to sing. I'm going to make music. I'm going to pull dawn into me. I'm not going to be stuck in this cave forever, and some of you might be in the night of your circumstances, and you, dawn has not yet come. Some of you watching or in the building, dawn has already come. You've stepped into a new day. You sense something's change but for others of you still in the night don't wait for your circumstances to change for you to step into dawn but pull dawn towards you by singing and praising God by praying it into being by declaring Lord even though I feel like I'm in night I declare dawn is coming and I will sing don't let Satan steal your song in 2022 by the bad news that's out there The world is a dark place. It's getting darker, folks. And until God moves sovereignly and does something supernatural, which we're praying that he will do, uh, it's just going to keep getting darker and darker. But for the people of God, you know that one of the plagues in in Egypt was darkness? You know the nine plagues? There were frogs and flies and blood. But one of the plagues was darkness. Do you know the children of Israel had light where they lived? I think that's a picture. We are light carriers. We are dawn carriers to others that are in darkness. And it says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. That, that you know, It's a bit murky at dawn. It's a bit gray. But, but then once dawn comes, you know, it's just there's no turning back. The sun will rise. It's just going to get brighter and brighter. I believe we're stepping into something where there's no turning back for the church. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. He's not coming back for a weak, anemic, sick. Church that's prostituted itself with the world. He's coming back for people on fire, in love with him, uh, wanting to change the world, wanting to be salt and light, praying their hearts uh, for the the nation and the nations. He's coming back for a vibrant church. And though we may not be quite there yet, I tell you, something shifted in these last couple of years. The church has shifted into dawn. Things might have got bad. There's exposure of sin and iniquity in the church. But I tell you, it's only happening happening so God can prepare us to stand more fully in the light. You don't want to have hidden sin when the light's shining on you, let me tell you. God is exposing rubbish in the church and at leadership levels across the world and in politics. You wait, you wait. He starts with the church. Wait wait and see what it'll be like in the world. Judgment begins with the household of God, Peter said. The world might laugh at the church because God is exposing sin in it, but that's to purify us. There's a judgment day coming for all people. God's not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone would have everlasting life. And so he's calling his church to step into the dawn of a new day, to carry the light of the gospel, the light of this incredible good news to others. And it says there, once dawn comes, the light's just going to shine brighter and brighter till full day. You say, what's full day? It's noon. When you don't have daylight saving, it's noon. Might be 1, 1 p.m. at the moment. I don't know. But at noon, that's when the sun is highest in the sky, brightest. And many times of the year, it's the hottest. And the other thing about noon is that's when the sun is due south here in the northern hemisphere. And when you know where the sun, where south is, you can have direction and clarity. You know you could just travel any direction as long as you have a bearing. In these last few years, a lot of Christians have lost their bearings because our lives have been messed up. Like you make a plan and you can't do it. You, you, You choose this and you can't do it. It's like everything gets turned on its head. But how many know God's still in control? He is going to restore our sense of due south. He's going to restore sense. I think more clarity is going to come to the church out of what we've been through than ever before. You need to be believing that God says in his word, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Some of you listening and watching, you need guidance in your life. Well, don't go and search out a prophet. Say, give me a word. That's secondhand. Go to the Lord yourself and say, God, I'm trusting you can speak to me. I'm trusting, Lord, that you'll make straight my paths. And as long as you're willing to do whatever the Lord wants, that's exactly what he'll do. You see, you know, noon is our ultimate destination. Noon also means when Jesus comes back. Like that's when the... That's when we're going to really see the sun in its glory. Let me ask you this. How many think we're going to spend eternity in heaven? Just raise your hand if, you're gonna, if you think that. How many think we're going to spend eternity on earth? How many haven't got a clue? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> this is not a trick question. Well, actually, it might be a trick question. If you've not read the last two chapters of the Bible, it is a trick question. Listen, folks. You will not spend eternity in heaven. You're going to spend eternity on earth. When Jesus Christ comes back and he's coming back, he said, you know, in the same way I came and I'm going back to heaven, I will return. The angel said, the the, the Jesus you see ascending into heaven, he's coming back the same way. Jesus said, when I come back, the whole world will know. And when he comes back, he's not coming back as the merciful savior, he's coming back as the judge different. And he's coming not as a suffering servant like the first time, he's coming as a conquering king when he comes back. When he comes back, the dead get raised. And those that are righteous who've believed in him are gathered into his presence and will enter into a new eternity. God the Father will create a new earth and a new heaven, and He brings heaven down out of, He brings the heavenly city out of heaven down to earth, and God comes and lives with His people because God created earth to be our domain, and in His mercy, He will bring His domain to where we're at. Talk about Jesus stooped down at the cross, but Father's gonna stoop down, and on a new earth, in new heavens, He puts His heavenly city, Heavenly Jerusalem and so we live with him forever. You're gonna have a resurrection body. It's gonna be perfect, sinless, never get sick, never get tired, turn to your neighbor and say, you're gonna look so much better in your resurrection body than you do now. (laughs) Husbands, you might have lost an opportunity. You should have said, honey, you can't look any better than you do now. (laughs) You lost a moment there. Come on, that's noon. You think your problems are bad now because you can't get a car park at St. David's Center? Jesus is coming back for you. He's going to raise you from the dead. You're going to live with him forever. But there's a job to do in the meantime. God's not willing that any perish. And you've got family members that don't know Jesus and friends and workmates and fellow students that don't know Jesus. And when you start to step into the dawn of your day and the light of Jesus' love and grace begins to shine more and more on you, you radiate that to others. And I tell you what, they're living in darkness. The world is going to find a fiery trial of darkness like it's never known. The more it's drifting from God, the more it's embracing sin and ideologies that are destructive, it will reap a terrible harvest. But we're waiting in the wings. God is waiting for the church to wake up, and I'd rather be woken up with a kiss, like Prince Charming, than to have to be beaten around the head, you know, when you wake a sleeper, Prince Charming did it with a kiss, or you can shake a person, I know which I'd rather have, I don't particularly want to be shaken awake, I just want the Holy Spirit to say, come on, wake up, whatever that looks like. um, Can we have our scripture back on the screen? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. I just believe that's such a word. I get an email from a prophet in America by the name of Rick Joyner every week. He sends out a prophetic bulletin. And I took note of the one he sent on January the 6th at the beginning of 2022. We've got a screenshot of it coming up. He called it increasing light, which is what Greta mentioned. And you'll notice that he opens with Proverbs 4.18. And he also includes verse 19, the way of the wicked is like darkness, they don't know over what they stumble. And I think that's where the world is headed into verse 19, but the church is headed into verse 18. There's gonna be a difference and a separation. And you know, the Bible says, in the mouths of two or three witnesses, let something be established. Now, Greta and I don't claim this is everything God is saying because we only prophesy in part. So this is only a little part of what God is actually saying. But we do believe God is, this is something he's saying. And, and we didn't know what each other carried. And, and obviously, Rick Joyner's sensing a similar thing in the mouths of two or three. Let something be established. Church, all this to say, and if you're watching online, I bu- we believe this is a word from God a word, not the word, a word. So my challenge is, what are you going to do with it? James says, don't be don't be like a person that looks in a mirror and goes away and you forget what you look like. That's that's like people that hear the word and then don't do anything with it. What are you going to do with this? Could I suggest you memorize that scripture? Can we have that scripture back up, folks? Just go back. Could I suggest you memorize it? Or at least you take a screenshot of it on your phone and have it in a place that you can access it on your phone really easily or write it out and put it on the wall at home or on your fridge and can I suggest that you begin to pray and declare this over your life over your kids over your grandkids over your marriage over your workplace bless the n- unsaved people around you god let my workplace i carry the presence of god let increasing light come into this place and pray for the lost people i, I said in the first service and i'm going to wind this up in a couple of minutes i said in the first service I had a, one of our sons went off into the drug scene at high school. He was 12 years lost in darkness doing methamphetamine. It's a horrible drug, hideous. And we had to make a decision. This kid slipped away from God into the drug scene. What are we gonna do? The Holy Spirit said, do two things, love him unconditionally and pray unceasingly. And when his mom passed away, he made a commitment to come back to the Lord. It was tentative, it was just a step in again. And then when Greta and I married, uh, we, we now ally ourselves together to pray for our five sons every week. We fast and pray for our, our sons, their, their, their wives, and our grandchildren. We just do that as part of our fasting and praying every week. And, and so as we began to join together in prayer, this kid, it was like an unfolding of Proverbs 4.18. And it took a few years, but he just started to walk in more and more light. And today he's a leader in a great church in Auckland. He loves God and he's hungry for more of God. He has a prophetic gift and prophesies accurate. Well, I don't know. He, people tell me his prophetic words are really accurate over people's lives. He's, you know, he didn't even finish school because of the drugs. And Today he's on a good salary. Why? Because somebody prayed that he would know that. Don't only pray it for yourself, pray it for those you care about. You might have lost loved ones, kids, grandkids, whatever, a spouse, a brother, a sister, and parents even that don't yet know the Lord. You've got to realize there's incredible power in faith-filled prayer. In a moment, Greta and I want to pray into this and because there are people here, you're still in night, And we want to pray that the Holy Spirit will come and shift you from night to dawn today. There can be an atmosphere shift over your life in the spirit realm. See, the spirit realm changes first, then the natural follows. And we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would shift things. Some of you are already in the dawn of a new day. Praise God for that. But listen, there's another step for you to take. It's brighter and brighter. Don't settle for dawn you're heading for full day and we want to pray that also you would take another step. But just before we get to that moment, I want to say to you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Because I've made it really clear that the only way to gain favor with God is to receive His Son, Jesus. It's the only way our sin can be forgiven. And you know that, you know, you become a child of God. And when you die, you'll go and live with the Lord forever in heaven. And then when he comes and raises us from the dead and creates a new earth, we'll get our resurrection body and live here on this new planet with him. It's going to be incredible. And who knows what we'll be doing on that new earth. Who knows? Wow. I just go wow at Jesus. I'm in awe of him. I read about him in the gospels. I just go wow. Wow. But can you imagine seeing him face to face? Can you imagine what that's going to be like? And you say, but oh, David, I'll be so embarrassed because I'm so imperfect. No, no, you are not going to see him face to face because of your perfection. You're going to see him face to face because of his perfection imputed to you because of your faith.
0: We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.